from the Mercy One Studio. Man Up, brought to you by Construction Professionals, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulus every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now, it's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy One studio. Heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM and 94.5 FM. I am Joe Stopulis, and today I am joined by Bo Bonner. As you maybe heard the first time we did the Terrible Men of the Bible in the Old Testament, we are doing the same thing in the New Testament today. should be an interesting episode. We're going to need all the prayers we can get. Let's start in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. It is the 13th of January, 2020. 90 days from today is Easter Sunday, which means today is day one of Exodus 90. Those of you who have been longtime listeners to this show know uh, kind of our affinity, quite frankly, uh, for this program, program that was actually born, uh, at least our our participation in it, was born from an interview in this show, you know, four years, four and a half years ago, when we interviewed the head of uh, those Catholic men and were introduced to the program. Uh, and you, if you've listened to us, Father Zach and myself, you know the transformational uh, reach this, this program has had in our lives, uh, most specifically to be completely honest with you, outside of just the, the disciplines and the uh, what it did to open our eyes to what life could be like uh, when living in such a disciplined way, it also launched our men's group uh, four and a half years ago uh, that has continued every Tuesday at 6.30 in the morning uh, until today. And quite frankly, it's just something that I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm very sold on. I, I believe that we do need to, as men, uh, and women, but you know, I'm talking. This is a men's show, uh, and I really believe that we as men need this. We thrive on on being called to something greater, something difficult. You know, if you think about the greatest things you've done in your life, they're they're difficult, they're hard, they take work. Things that you're proud of usually aren't things that you know. Winning the lottery is not something you're proud of, uh, but working hard uh, and seeing the fruits of your labor, those are things that that excite men that can get you know get us challenged, get us uh, excited. Well, if we're doing those things whether it's in, in work or sports or wherever else, how much more so should we be doing them in our faith? Uh, for those of you who have maybe forgotten what all is entailed to it, I'll do a quick rundown of what the program, again, starting today. Uh, obviously, if you can get a group started today, that's wonderful. Uh, if you yourself want to get started today, I would recommend it, but I'd recommend trying to find a few people. And if you started there too late, uh, getting some people on board, that's fine. You know, Start on, on day two or three. We're okay with that. Um, the program includes, uh, it says first things first, uh, cold showers, right? So you have to start off, you know, every day. If you're going to shower that day, I say if because your showers will go down. Uh, that's just going to happen because nobody likes cold showers in the dead of winter. But cold showers, uh, no alcohol, no desserts, no eating between meals on Wednesdays and Fridays, no sodas or sweetened drinks, no television or movies without the permission of the group, uh, only music that lifts the soul to God, no televised sports, computer or for work only or essential tasks. No web browsing, no social media, no Twitter, none of that. Uh, mobile device only for essential communication. Must delete all unnecessary apps. Regular and intense exercise. 
uh, regular fraternity meetings. So make sure you have a group of guys to do this with at least two, three or four, I would say, and in the absolute minimum uh, additional to, to be able to meet with. Uh, no major purchases, no major material purchases. Uh, and then a full night's sleep is essential. Uh, in addition to that, you know, holy hours, masses, things like that. All of these things, quite frankly, designed to strip away all of the outside distractions we have and allow us to concentrate on what's important, which is God. Uh, take away the distractions. Take away those things that maybe harm us, things like alcohol, sweets, things that aren't allowing us to perform at our top level. Uh, you know, sleep. I think it's, uh, I love that they, they add in the sleep part of it. You know, making sure you have a full night's sleep. A, the, all these things will help us to resist temptation. It'll build grit. It'll build willpower. Um, it'll lessen the opportunities for distractions. It'll I'll, I'll lessen the opportunities for temptations. And all of those things together allow you then to be the husband, to be the father, to be the man, the brother you were called to be. It allows you more time for prayer. It allows you more time for reading. Uh, it opens your schedule and your mind uh, to really to function uh, at the highest level that you can. Uh, I am. It sounds crazy to say this, but I'm legitimately excited for today. I've been looking forward to today. Uh, I love these 90 days as much as I, I hate. Do I love cold showers? No, I despise them with every fiber of my being. But I know the good that can come from it. I know how refreshed I feel afterwards. I know the. Uh, I know the increase in willpower. I know my wife thinks I'm a better husband, knows I'm a better husband, quite frankly. I'm a better father. I have more patience. All these things happen because of the disciplines that we put ourselves through. So I'd, I'd encourage you to go to Exodus90.com, uh, call a friend, uh, get on board with it, discern if it's right for you, if this is the right time or not. Uh, but I know it's been a life-changing uh, life-changing mission for me to go on this, to do this. This is my, now my fourth time. And I know hundreds of literally hundreds of other men who have gone through it uh, and their lives have been changed too. So just there's my plug for today. We're going to head to a short break. We're going to have Bo Bonner on on the other side of the break. So stick around and we'll be right back. Thank you, construction professionals, for underwriting Man Up. Construction professionals have been long supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio, and we've seen their work firsthand. It's very impressive. They do remodeling or new construction that is innovative, functional, and designing what you want. cpcustomhomes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Be Not Afraid is provided by Dream Dirt Farm Real Estate and Auction. Dream Dirt's online equipment auction, Farm Bid, is an online auction house for farm machinery. We take your equipment photos and information and create listings for our customers to make it as easy as possible to get started selling machinery online. And each item is advertised individually to get the most exposure. Bidding happens 24-7 at bid.dreamdirt.com. Dream Dirt Farm and Equipment Auction Services. Farm auctions done right. Thank you to Confluence Brewing Company for underwriting Christ is the Answer with Father Ricardo, heard Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Confluence Brewing Company is a local brewery in Des Moines featuring seasonal and limited release beers. They have cans and growlers to go, apparel, and other gifts for family and friends. Live music is featured in the tap room. Confluence Brewing Company is located off the bike trail south of Grays Lake. Thank you to Confluence Brewing Company for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio on the web at confluencebrewing.com. That's confluencebrewing.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulis, and today I am joined by Bo Bonner. Bo, I'll let you do a uh, quick introduction of yourself. You are the 
professor at yeah. f- fancy title of yeah director of mission and ministry at Mercy okay. College of Health yeah, Sciences and then uh, newly uh, executive vice president of the Newman Idea. Congratulations! So, yeah, so thank you about that. W- yeah. What's that about? Well, uh, that's a whole other thing, but uh, very quickly, the idea is like, how do we keep uh, kids, uh, Catholic in college, especially the majority of Catholics, which go to state and secular schools, and that's what we're up to. People can look at that at newmanidea.org. Wow. Yeah. So. How is it different than, like, obviously focus is kind of in that right. space. Ours would be uh, the, more the intellectual formation, so we're going to have accredited courses that people can take in the Catholic intellectual tradition so that they can integrate uh, their intellectual life that they're learning uh, in their professions with uh, the intellectual life of the faith and understand how both are not sort of separate things, but uh, mutually uh, intertwined with each other. Then also in this idea about an integrated person can understand how their faith uh, makes them not only like better engineers, but a, a different type of engineer or doctor or whatever it is. When can we be. expect to see it on a college campus? Well, so we're doing it already in New Orleans. That's uh, happened down in Tulane. That's where my buddy, the president, Dave De- uh, yeah. Delio, is at. Um, we are uh, initiating this here in Iowa, and we're trying to hopefully either by fall 2020 or spring 2021 have it in co- colleges here in Iowa. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. So that's what we're up to. And you're also the co-host of The Uncommon Good. That's right. Heard weekly on... Thursdays. No, Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Yeah. You even like uh, sure. subbed for I us. I even subbed yeah, for you. You don't yeah. remember the day. I don't know. There's a lot. Of, I, these kids. I don't know. That's right. There's I, a lot I, going I on. I thought th- I thought today was Thursday. It's yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm losing my mind. So anyway, um, you're welcome today as you joined us on um, during the Old Testament. So we're in the Great Men of the Bible series right now. And Old Testament, we had you on to really talk about you were highlighting virtue of all these great men throughout the years, and we were walking through the Bible timeline to do that, and we brought you in to make sure we could highlight the terrible people That's as right. well. Um, and we highlighted what not to do. So we used them as examples of what not to do. I'm about to close out here in the next couple of weeks. The Great Men of the Bible series lasted about a full year, which is crazy. Uh, but we're about to round it out. I thought before we round it out, Let's see who's bad in the New Testament. Yeah, bad men of the jack wagons of the, of the New, New Testament. Testament. Let's like see that. what we can do uh, on those people to to figure out what not to do. Exactly. And who better to bring back than you to do that? I try. All right. So, who are the worst? By the way, a lot. There's a lot less uh, literature in the New Testament, and True. a lot less horrible people in the. New, there are very bad people in the New Testament. The bad, the new, the Old Testament was just. Filled with them. That's true. And I, I would maybe say that if you're thinking of it in terms of like a movie cast list, uh, the Old Testament has loads of mainline star villains. Uh, the, the New Testament has a lot of background people maybe being silent or cowardly or not doing their mm-hmm. thing. Unnamed, Ro- unnamed Roman soldiers, things like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But as far as the named main cast villains, it's a little smaller of a yeah. group. Now, they are horrible, though. That's right. They are extraordinarily horrible. Um, should we start right at the top with Herod the Great? You, you can. I'll let you tell us where to go, but he's the first one that shows up. That's right. I think uh, when you hear uh, bad, bad dudes of the New <laughs> Testament, Herod and Pilate are going to probably like go to the list. Uh, Pilate, of course, ends up being sort of a complicated character to some people, right? Like maybe he's conflicted. Uh, no one really says that about Herod <laughs> no the Great. One Not in the New Testament. Um, I will say that even among like secular scholars, there are some people who try to. I mean, of course, like they kind of poo-poo on the idea of like what the New Testament report whether it happened or not, you understand. There's, I'm sure that they're being completely objective and have no ulterior motives to try to say any yeah. different. 
But um, even they will will point out that there are some people who tried to defend the fact that Herod really did. It was kind of uh, crazy that he rose to power. Maybe he's a little wily. He certainly built a lot of stuff. Uh, But everybody's pretty much in agreement that the dude was a tyrant. And even the people at the time admit that that he had a gruff way of getting things done. There are, I mean, very recent examples in the 20th century of people who I would consider tyrants who revisionist history people are already saying, well, they weren't that bad. They right. did some good things. So you could see how you go back 2,000 years and you could very easily have some revisionist history. All right, so for our listeners who might not know who Herod the Great was, who was he and why or what did he do that was so horrible? Well, so Herod actually the first, uh, he, he began a new ruling dynasty in uh, the Holy Land, the Herodians. He overthrew the other government. He, and he pretty much did this by being buddies with, Ju- like his dad was friends with Julius Caesar and then he was. And so he talked to the right people and then it got in control yeah. of the area. Uh, so the ba- main reason Rome liked him is that uh, he, he diverted all of these taxes in the area to the Roman Senate. So they're like, this guy's great. Uh, and so then this came back and he, he built all these things. Right? So he, he, he refurbished the temple. Okay. Which uh, you're like, well, that sounds like a good guy, Bo. Well, the problem was uh, none of the actual priests of the temple, or very few of them, I should say, uh, thought this was a good idea. In fact, when you think of um, people who ended up being on John the Baptist's side, they kind of thought this was the last straw that he had defiled the temple by trying to make it beautiful by Roman or Greek standards. And even though he um, very much identified as a Jew, he, his family's actually a convert family, um, he did this very publicly, but then his family was notorious for being um, hedonistic, uh, incestual, uh, power-grabbing. He has multiple wives. He kills his sons. He kills wives. Uh, I mean, he, he, he is known for having uh, a no-holds-bar policy whenever it comes to doing whatever is best for Herod. And as we'll learn here shortly, that family lineage of uh, poor decision-making will continue That's uh, right. into the recent future. But let's... The, the New the, Testament, like what he's, of course, yeah. takes the cake, uh, is that when he hears that there's this king of kings um, in his land, he tries to trick the three wise men, famously, into revealing where Jesus is at. And when they don't, he decides to go on a killing rampage, which we celebrate December 28th as the Feast of the Holy Innocents, the first martyrs on behalf of Jesus, where he essentially kills males under the year, uh, age of two, trying to get rid of this potential saboteur of his reign. How long? So try to just give us some context on the size and the magnitude of this genocide on Children. I mean, do we how how far reaching was it? How many? Any idea how many children? Yeah, we. I, I think on that regard, we don't know. That's why you know you can imagine that the scholars that try to say what they say, like it's reported in Matthew and not in Luke, for instance. But the fact of the matter is, whenever I mean, all you have to do is decide that if he literally went after the the males of Bethlehem. You know, that's still hundreds of kids. Yeah, they, and uh, one of the things I always think is. Uh, when people go like, well, we don't have a historical record of this or that, you're like, uh, ancient tyrants just killed all sorts of people. And <laughs> if they decided that if you weren't mat- if you didn't matter enough, no one reported it. And ba- Bethlehem at Herod is a backwater, um, but he's just that sort of maniacal and cynical that he would go dispatch yeah. all of these kids just to make sure that uh, this random king of king might not be running around. So you mentioned his lineage. Well, later on we have two other. Uh, so his is his son. Yes. Herod Antipas? Yeah, and so he has multiple children with multiple wives. And uh, to show that, just just to really point out that he's a vain dude, he basically names them all variations of Herod. (laughs) Um, 
or uh, like some of his middle names or something like this. So when we think of the King Herod, who is, uh, you know, Jesus is interacting with yeah. as an adult, this would be uh, Herod Antipas, and yeah. this would be um, the person who's married to his, and I'm, I'm going to mess up if it's half-sister or not, but Herodias uh, is his... His brother's his, wife. His brother's wife, but also he's pr- re- related to her. So oh, John, gosh, it's a couple. Right, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. So, and I, and I like, again, I'm going to mess up. I don't know if they're half-sisters or like like cousins second removed but the point being is within jewish law there are multiple reasons for them not to be married uh, not only by like sort of jewish law but also just like the political maneuverings involved so when john the baptist just kind of points out like this is really uh whatever the hebrew word for cray cray is uh <laughs> you know this this is what gets john the baptist in jail i'd say that herod uh is uh Antipas is not necessarily as absolutely ruthless as his dad he seems something like a playboy living off of the prestige um but he's also of course gutless and so when uh his conniving wife figures out a way to send their i mean you know essentially his daughter right uh uh, her daughter but you know so at least through marriage his you know gross as all this is uh dances very uh you know you know, prettily uh, for the guy. So, uh, I'm trying to think of the nice <laughs> think, way to put I think, that. I think yeah, it's a PG yeah. way of saying yeah. And uh, yeah. and so he makes the dumb vow, like I'll give you anything, even up to half my kingdom. And so she goes and asks mom, and mom's like, John the Baptist's head on a platter, which is so specific that you yeah. know it had to have actually happened in history. Yeah. That uh, he goes, yep, well, I'm a man of my word. I love that, like, he's a man of his word One when time. it comes to cutting a dude's yeah, head off yeah. and putting it on a platter. The platter the part, by the integrity. way. He has integrity. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> That's right. And I will say this, like, actually, if I'm not mistaken, um, the mom wants the head, but the daughter adds head on a platter, which shows that, like, I think she's, like, walking back and she's like, how am I going to take this head? I'm not going to touch it. So she adds head on a platter. So, so yeah. <laughs> so Herodias, not a good person. Uh, so there's a lot of bad things there. The kingdom. So now let's move on. There are a few others. Um, we'll go chronologically here. Well, I mean, Judas and Syria Theory then was the first uh, yeah, before Pilate. So Judas also made some poor decisions in his life. <laughs> some, <laughs> some poor decisions. <laughs> I mean, given the opportunity to be at the Last Supper, right? I think the lesson we've learned is don't betray Jesus. That's right. right. So that's, that's, that's at least a, the a, baseline lesson. That's a baseline lesson. lesson. All right. Uh, you know, the, the thing that starts to be uh, really, I think, important for all of us to hear is it's easy to make people just villains instead of seeing, like, how they're like us. So... Herod, you know, there, there are people who are listening who have a lot of power, even if it's just relative to, like, your company or Des Moines, yep. and you start to really worry about your name and your prestige. And on one hand, that's fine, right? You want to, like, have brand discipline. You want to be a good person. You want to be proud of your kids. But that quickly becomes something where, like, because of his worrying, uh, Herod's worry about his name and his prestige, he'll kill his own kids, right? Yeah. Or Herod uh, Antipas, uh, you know, when you're going to decide to, like, for once in your life, stand up and like listen and, and and answer a promise that you made. Make it not something terrible, you know. Like if you're not going to be like virtuous in small things, when the big moment comes, you're going to uh, work up your courage for a horrible thing. Judas, the idea, of course, is not that he's always vile, you know, but like he he's like us, uh, and he's not all that different from Peter, who denies yeah. Jesus three times. But the main difference is Judas refuses 
to come ask forgiveness. Uh, he, he despairs of what he did, and that's why he gives Jesus no chance. I mean, Jesus f- forgives all of these people, yeah. right? There's even a Roman centurion who, who helped put him up there on the cross, and that guy, the first to notice that this is the Son of God and, uh, and, and repent, Judas saw the miracles and should have known, right, that Jesus would accept him back. But the sort of pride that is involved in despair to say no uh, to the grace that he knows is there. I think the comparison between Judas and Peter is so it's something I never thought about until recently, and it's so true that Peter, at the similar moment, I mean, within twenty four, you know, a few hours of Judas betraying him, denies him three times. Right. The issue is that Peter quickly reconciles himself to the Lord. So again, I think Peter being the example to us as a, as a first pope, and as we mentioned in the listen to the Peter episode again. I think Peter does a really good job of being that example to us of falling down and getting back up again. Uh, right. And he does it so often in the Bible, uh, whereas the main sin that Judas commits isn't so much the betrayal. It was the not coming back afterwards, not coming back to him and, and reconciling uh, with the sin that he'd committed. There's a way in which, like, every glimpse we get of Judas, too, is he's actually probably the one who's most on top of things. I mean, like, to be fair, right, you know— Peter and like most like the big central part of the group are, are fishermen, right? They they're they're in many ways out of their element being yep. apostles. Yep. Judas seems to know what he's doing. He that's why they put him in control of the purse, right? right? Uh, this is why he's always asking like relatively practical questions. For being honest, <laughs> like uh, couldn't we sell that nard for like lots of money and actually help people out? They're always throwing sidebarbs like, but he really didn't care about <laughs> I it. I love the sidebar. Yeah, you know, he's like he he wanted the money. But even the point being is that Ju- like you know. Judas was the one who like had his head on straight, but having your head on straight is far less important than than being willing to be open to grace and forgiveness. And that's what happened to Judas is he might have been the most technically able and capable apostle, actually. He's not like the 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 the, the one that like is barely like ma- waking up in the morning and like, you know, brushing his teeth. He's he's the one who's got it put together, but that was his problem. That's what tripped him up. All right, so I would say his, so. His head might have been the right place. His heart obviously wasn't. He Correct. wasn't. He didn't have his heart in the right place. We got to wrap up here shortly, but let's get to Pilate and what can we learn from from what Pilate? Because again, I, I you say he's a complicated character. He's a guy who's like, listen, he's this guy's innocent. I'm just doing. What can we learn from from Pilate? I think the, the to cut to the heart of it is when people act like you can you can't wash your hands of things. And notice that he says he's like I you know makes a big deal like brings out the water. I wash my hands of this man. I put this all on you. That's impossible. The minute that like Jesus came into Pilate's life, he couldn't wash his hands of this situation. And we do that all the time, right, where we go like, oh, well, you know, I, I tried to help out as I could, but I washed my hands of this situation. Now, I'm not acting that means that we need to meddle in everyone's life, but Pilate wasn't meddling. He had an innocent man before him, and he bowed to the crowd, but he acted like if I could symbolically say I wash my hands of this, this is on you, that he could, you know, explicate himself from this but he clearly didn't you say because he'd been given and again very biblically he'd been given by god that that position of power exactly he didn't use the position of power the way it was meant to be well and i mean like at the most critical moment acted like he could take it off like a hat yeah and you can't right if you've been given uh if it's authority if it's a position or if it's influence there's all these things that god will give you not for your own sake for the sake of others but it's not like a garment you take on and off. Like, God gave Pilate that. And if he was true—now, of course, like, this is, like, God's plan and everything. I realize this, right? Uh, and, and Jesus himself says, you wouldn't have this authority unless heaven gave it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sin of Pilate of, is to act like 
he can roll through the world with all of that prestige and power and influence. And when he wants to step outside of it and go, oh, I washed my hands. So this. what does it mean? To, I mean, as a guy who I don't think I had that much power. I mean, what do I, what does it mean to me? I what, mean, you have a radio show. I do have very much Joe. power. Yeah. yeah. So in an, in an every, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. I yield the, I, I wield the, well, microphone. I mean, you're a father. In, so in, in your, in your house, in your, in absolutely. your, around your work. I think about that too, that like, there's plenty of times with our children. It's probably easy to go like, well, I wash my hands of this one. <laughs> now, and, and I mean like sometimes, right. I keep a bowl nearby. And yeah. You're like, <laughs> this is up to you. And I mean, again, like there's a difference between being like a meddling father. I'm not saying anything silly like this, but, uh, no, like you, you know, when your children, your work, your friends, you are in their lives. Mm-hmm. And just because you don't want to have to make a decision and put yourself on the line, I, I guess that's another way to say it is no decision is a decision mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to the most important things in life. There is no neutral ground that you can see uh, the relationships, uh, the influence, uh, the gifts that God gave you. And uh, we wish that we can do that so often, but we can't. Yeah. Like the, when we act like I wash my hands of this situation, I'm actually making a decision. I'm just trying to act like I can somehow get away from it scot-free, which is impossible. Your website again that you just mentioned at the beginning. Uh, NewmanIdea.org. NewmanIdea.org. Your podcast is The Uncommon Good. Please subscribe to his podcast as well. They do great work. And then it's Wednesdays from 9 to 10 or 10 to 11. Uh, 10, to 11 10 to 11 on Wednesdays. Central time. There you go. Bo Bonner, thanks for joining us again. Yep. God bless, Joe. We're going to head to a short break, and we'll be right back. Thank you to To Me and Sons for your support of Dowling Catholic High School basketball. To Me and Sons is an Italian family restaurant with old country, authentic Italian food. Enjoy the local atmosphere where you may even spot a priest, politician, or even Willie Farrell. Take advantage of To Me and Sons bocce ball court with the kids while enjoying To Me is homemade bread, pasta, and real Italian homemade desserts. To Me and Sons is located on Southeast First Street, just south of downtown Des Moines, and around the corner from Graziano Brothers. 515-282-7976. To Me and Sons.net. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Man Up on IO Catholic Radio. Thanks again to Bo Bonner. We somehow kept that ship afloat, surprising though it may be. I already made the plug in the first segment for Exodus 90. Do it. Get on board. It's important to be challenged in our faith. And that's one way to do it. Another way to challenge your faith and to grow in your faith. Saturday, February 22nd, I said yes. I was somewhat voluntold at the time um, to take over the men's conference. Would I Would I say yes to taking over the men's conference and helping run this thing going forward? John Leonetti and myself and Tim Flattery, a bunch of others, we got a great team together. And we have what we think is going to be a wonderful morning. Uh, help get us all on fire uh, and launch us into Lent. That is on Saturday, February 22nd. Mass with Bishop Jones starts at 7.30. Keynote speaker is Iowa State head football coach Matt Campbell. I will also be giving a keynote, and John Leonetti will be the MC for that day. So please mark your calendars. Go online. Go to iocatholicmensconference.com. Go to iocatholicradio.com and events. Sign up today and tell your friends. Thank you for joining us on Man Up.
I am Joe Stopulis, and it's time to man up. Man up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulis. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals.